Greetings, Honorable Battle Brother. Brother, today we discuss... Uh... I wish we could play the chant this entire podcast, but we can't. Because we will get demonetized, copyright striked. Yes. It will be, it would be bad. So to our listeners, you know the chant of soup, soup, glorious soup, but in, but not that and in Latin. The ultramarine chant. Because today we talk about the ultramarines. You may now boo. Ute Gilliman. Yes, please. Uh... Uh, please boo and or cheer at your leisure now. Get it out of the way now so you don't have to worry about it later in the episode. Because, boy oh boy, is the is the community divided on whether or not they like the Ultramarines. Yeah. Uh, from, a non ta- from a non-canon standpoint, from a non-lore standpoint, the Ultramarines are very, very, very represented to the point where it's just oversaturation. Oversaturation. Yes, to where a lot of the time, if you want a, spe- a specific kind of model... Or, like, if you want to make an army that's not Ultramarines or Dark Angels, you would have to, um, you would have to buy the, excuse me, buy the little kit parts. The conversions, yeah. Yep. the conversions, so that way you can convert yep. your Ultramarines to because whatever. Because all of the models come based in blue. Yes. And all of the box art for all the models are Ultramarines. Yep. So, people are tired of Ultramarines. People are tired of Ultramarines. Um, from a lore standpoint, the only... they're just not as cool. <laughs> from a lore standpoint, they're actually one of the coolest. How? The problem... The prob- I'll get to it, don't worry. <laughs> the problem is the representation in the modern day, and because we've been forced to stare at Reboot- or Bobby G's fucking angry red face right. every day for the past, you know, 16 years or whatever, uh-huh. um, people get tired of looking at it. Yeah. Also, Space Marine 2. Space Marine 2, yes. yes. Okay, so uh, we took a little break for the holidays and for New Year, uh, but back in the new year, we, we got some big news coming out of the GW tunnel. Yep. Uh, Space Marine 2 has been, uh, the trailer has been launched. Yes. So if you haven't seen it already, please go check it out. It is the coolest thing uh, GW has ever, ever made. Yes. Ever. Without hesitation. Best game. Yes, so we'll... We will talk about uh, Captain, or I guess now he's a lieutenant, Titus. Primaris um, Lieutenant, former Death Watch member, Titus. Yes, exactly. We'll talk about him uh, at some point in this episode, so uh, buckle down for that shit. This is going to be a long one, folks. This is going to be a long one, yeah. Put, fucking fasten your seatbelts for this one. <laughs> Alright, um, so kicking it off, let us begin to speak about Robbie. Robbie was the... Uh, also known as the Avenging Sun, yes. or the Avenging Beam Counter, depend who you, depending on who you ask. Particularly if you ask uh, one you, guy. Yeah, that guy being uh, Conrad, Conrad Kurz, but but whatever. Um, he is the thirteenth son of the Emperor, mm-hmm. uh, and the Primarch of the Ultramarines. Yes, you may now boo once more. Yes, please get it out of the way now, so you're focused and ready. Okay, uh, so Gilliman landed on the planet of McCrag, which was, uh, kind of like a civilized world. It was not a death world like most of the other Primarchs we have covered thus far have landed on. Uh, McCrag was a kind of civilized planet. Think literally, um, Greece. Rome. It was Greece. It's li- it was Greece, it's Rome. Greece, Rome. It was Greece, Rome. It was indeterminate. Yes. It was Greece, Rome. Yes. It was classical era. Uh-huh. I guess you could just call the planet classical era. Right. Whatever. 
uh, it was a, it was a nice place to live, mm -hmm. uh, especially the city of. Uh, I can't remember the city's blah, blah, name blah, blah, anymore. Blah 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 blah. I'm looking at the page. I think Conor. it was just called McCrag. Yeah, the city no, was. Connor was his father. Yeah, the city was McCrag. Yeah. So he was adopted by one of the two consuls of the uh, of the nation state of McCrag, uh, named Conar, Connor, whatever. Um, and this was uh, Rupert Gilliman's adopted father, mm -hmm. Connor uh, Gilliman. He adopted him, Connor Gilliman. <laughs> what a name! Yes. <laughs> uh, he adopted him and named him Rabute, which means great one. Mm -hmm. uh, he was raised to be a commander, a statesman, a politician. Uh, but obviously he was a Primarch, so he absorbed knowledge at a different rate than a normal human child yes. would. So he became big brain. Yeah. Robbie G-Man was a smart boy. He was smart. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, eventually given the task of subduing the barbarians to the north. Yes. The Illyrians, which were an actual historical group of uh, tribesmen. I'm gonna, I think it was in, like, what we refer to now as Macedonia area. I could be very wrong, but I think the Illyrians were somewhere around there. In, however, in 40k on McCrag, the Illyrians are pretty much compared to, like, think if Rome was the center of civilization and Gaul, which is modern-day France and Germany, that was the, the barbarians. That's yes. kind of what the Illyrians are alluded to yes. as. Just in, general in, unwashed on, mashes. Exactly, yeah. Barbarians. How do you know they're barbarians? Well, we're us, the Romans, considered them to be barbaric, so they are the barbarians. We don't like them. Exactly. Uh, but he managed to diplomatically uh, incorporate the Illyrians into the Macragian civilization uh, by challenging the chieftain uh, to a 1v1, mm -hmm. in which Rebute Gilliman did not lift a hand. He pretty much just dodged and parried the entire time yes. until the chieftain basically fell asleep. Right. No. And they're like, oh, okay, you're pretty cool. That guy. is not... that. You're missing one important part where... the ch So, Gulliman did his thing where he dodged and parried, and in all of his perfect dodge counters, instead of in executing the final finishing move, Gulliman presented him with the Illyrian's most sacred religious artifact, which the McCragian consuls had stolen beforehand. Funny how history gets whitewashed, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's the point. So, yeah. apparently according to Lexicanum, Gulliman was like, here, have this thing back that we stole from you. I promise that if I lead you, I will not be a dick. And they believed and him. And then they said, they said pretty much, yeah, I want to be like you. Yeah. <laughs> yep, so they, that, that solved that problem, yes. I guess. And, um, we almost forgot and to talk McCrag... about Tarasha Yuton. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, Bobby G had a mom. The only one? Yes. Out of all the Primarchs, Rodent Guillotine was the only one who actually had two parent figures, one of whom is apparently still alive. Yeah, um, she was at least during the Horse Heresy. Right. Well, again, the 40th millennium is a billion, not a billion, is another couple thousand years later, but we'll get to that. A hundred, uh, ten thousand years. Yes, yeah. we will get to that. Yeah, so, uh, McCrag prospered after this kind of, uh... Um, reunification. Uh, however, before McCrag could prosper, uh, on on route back to McCrag from the Illyrian conquest, um, there was a coup on the planet uh -huh. in which the other council of the city tried to overthrow the government. And because there was a lot of aristocracy in McCrag, um, and the noble class thought, "Hey, 
why don't we just hold on to our power forever and rule this city as kings? Uh, to which uh, Connor, uh, Conar, uh, Connor, boys, um, Connor, uh, his adopted father said, I don't really like that very much, uh, as he was kind of a populist. Uh, and so there was a coup, there was an attempted coup. Uh, Connor died um, in Gilliman's arms, and then Gilliman killed every single uh, rebe- rebel that uh, was in the city. Yes. And then he reorganized the entire society of this of this uh, of this culture and made it a meritocracy instead of an aristocracy, meaning that those who work hard, those who earn their position, keep their position. So it was, you know, meritocracies are, are better for societies. You know, a yes. society can thrive on a meritocracy, whereas an aristocracy kind of perpetuates this class conflict yes. that is uh, continuing forever. Yes. Um, so meritocracy, Gilliman, good leader. He kind of yeah did a good did the right thing here. Yes. And so it was that Bobby G made a really cool little mini space imperium. Yes. So um, around the time of the. Uh, the arrival of the emperor, um, the Macrag was prospering. It was it it set up its own little empire, not as big as as the realm of Ultramar that it would become, but it was a kind of a thriving civilization. And there was trade with exterior systems, and uh, the people felt liberated. It was it was a good time. You know, Macrag yeah. was probably the best place you could be during the thirty first millennium, right? Thirtieth millennium, whatever. Uh, but upon the emperor arriving, he actually was supposed to arrive beforehand. But he was separated uh, due to a warp storm, mm-hmm. uh, and by the time he came back to McCrag, like on schedule, he was five years later than he should have been. Oh. Uh, but he saw this this flourishing empire that Gilliman was ruling at this time, uh, and this fair and just kind of region, and uh, Gilliman, the yes. emperor, was impressed. And then he introduced himself, like he did to all of his sons, and he handed over leadership of the Ultramarines. Uh, to Gilliman. Uh-huh. It was sort of just like, wow, you're doing a great here, rowboat. I'm proud of you. Uh, and then he's like, you're now Grandpappy Smurf of the entire Ultramarines chapter. Alright, so keep moving on uh, to the Great Crusade. Um, the Ultramarines, here's why I think the Ultramarines are the best, one of the best legions, loyalist legions in 40k. Because they were the only ones who did things right. So, by that I mean, um, they were the, besides the Luna Wolves, who literally were perfect in every way because Horus had to be in the main character, um, the 13th Legion was the largest legion, uh, the largest uh, of all of the legions. The Ultramarines numbered around 125,000 Astartes, which was more than the Luna Wolves, who had about 100,000. So that's Mm -hmm. another 25% more. And the right. reasoning is never made clear. Um, they allude it to be that the fact that the Ultramarines were very good at stewarding, you know, they had this system of rec- recruits, they had yes. a supply chain. Now, my theory, and some other people's in the community's theory, is that um, the either the second or the, I'm going to say, tenth? I can't remember. No, tenth was the... Whatever the, um, the, the Lost Legions are... Yeah, the the lost and the purged. I think that um, some of them were like, "Hey, I'm gonna join, I'm gonna join the Ultramarines before my legion gets fucking evaporated," which they <laughs> did. And I think that's why they're significantly larger than the other legions. Counter theory: 
Ultramar, it was not yet the 500 worlds of Ultramar. It was Ultramar, not yet the 500 worlds, correct. But there was a good amount of worlds in there to draw recruitment from. Prob probably close to 20. Yeah, that's a good deal more than one. Yeah, true. Like, per Legion. Yeah. Okay. So, by that logic, I feel like it'd be safe to assume that because of the sheer fact that you just have a larger recruitment pool... And that ultramarines are operate in a more general capacity than, say, salamanders, which focus on flame weapons, or night lords, which focus on terror web terror tactics. It makes more sense that you would have more, much more general purpose dudes. Yes, but how are you getting those general purpose dudes? Good point. So, anyway, that's my theory. Anyway, that's where you can take right. it or leave it, but that's my theory. Yeah. But, anyway, so the Ultramarines were, like, the only ones who did their job right. Um, it is said that, um, whenever, Gillum, whenever Gilliman liberated a world, he would not move on until he had set up a self-sufficient defense system, left advisors, created industry, set up trade routes with the rest of the Imperium, and formed a government, uh, right. who, uh, was, you know, a merit meritocracy or some sort of elected official, um, somewhere right. where the will of the people were being justly represented. Right, yes, for the Imperium of Man. Yes. Yes, not yes. the Imperium of Ultramar, right? Yes. No. He's a self a self-sufficient meritocracy that will be later be absorbed into the Imperium of Man. Okay, well, at the time, the Imperium of Man was not uh, the fucking backwater asshole hattery that it is currently, okay? <laughs> so, shove that, alright? Take it and shove it up your ass. <laughs> At this time, Moving the Imperium on. was okay. They had a Senate. They had an Imperial Senate, alright? <laughs> alright? Okay? It was a big thing. It was a good thing. It was a perpetuing good thing until the Emperor died. <laughs> because, as I'm sure you know, the Emperor is the Senate. <laughs> yes, well, not yet. Uh, he did become temporarily, but whatever. Well, fuck you. We'll get there. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's why I think the Ultramarines were actually good. They... Not only did they do this, they did it well. Very few casualties. They also excelled at like multidisciplinary fields. Yes. They were very well rounded. They didn't have yes. one shtick, and that was their whole deal. Um, yeah. You know they they you know were good at being yeah. soldiers, civilians. They were general utility. They were general utility marines. Exactly. So they are probably if I had to pick, um, like. You know how, like, the Emperor kind of, like, erased the Thunder Warriors because they outlived uh -huh. their purpose? It is right. very frequently talked about what would Astartes do after the Great Crusade was over. Um, I think the Ultramarines were the perfect example of uh, something that could be used after their original purpose was fulfilled. Right. Because they are the most useful. The Night right. Lords, no. The yeah, Iron Warriors, question. no. The World yeah. Eaters, definitely not. But the, the Ultramarines, probably. Like, yeah. They, I mean, they're they, not cannibal vampires. They're not cannibal vampires. Um, they're talked about as being governors of whole regions. They're talked about right. being, you know, uh, affluent politicians and honest to God generals, and you know, they're very useful beyond their. Folk. Yes, they're very useful beyond their original purpose of just rank-and-file soldierly soldiery. Right. Um, right. So, around this time, during the Great Crusade, uh, Big Daddy G uh, was 
introduced to his brothers, um, the other Primarchs. Obviously, everybody liked Horus. We said that probably 12 times by now. Um, but there was a few that he held in greater esteem, Dorne, Sanguinius, Lehman Russ, and Ferris Manus. He called right. these the Dauntless Few, because with them, anything could be accomplished. Wasn't Vulcan part of this group as well? No. Ah. Vulcan was unsettling to look at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you can't really, I mean, honestly, like, how useful are the salamanders? I mean, from a construction artisanry point of view, incredibly. Yeah, but how how useful is that in perpetuity? Like, cool. Yeah, you make cool shit. You make cool armor and shit. That's nice. Even Perturabo could build shit. Like, cool. I will have my discussion on this subject when we get to the, if we ever okay. do a Salamanders episode okay. in the next 10,000 years. Maybe. Yeah, the year is M2. There exists only war. We are still making podcast episodes. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so that's just that being said. Um, the Dauntless Few... Uh, very much disliked Lor Lorgar. As he should. As he should. As everybody should disrespect yes. Lorgar. So much so that the Ultramarines were chosen for a little side quest by the Emperor and Malkador. Um, see, the the world eaters, oh. the, the uh, world ba word bearers, fucked right. me. Um, that happens a lot. That happened a lot in the episode of the world eaters. It did. Too. Yeah. Um, so the word bearers had this little problem where they would like to build temples on every planet that they brought to compliance, imperial compliance. Um, and the temple was dedicated to worshipping the emperor as the god, the one true god, yada yada yada. Um, so much so that the emperor said, listen, buddy boy, you gotta knock this shit off. I like you, kind of, but you gotta stop with this whole I'm a god nonsense because I'm not. Please stop it. And then Lorgar said, I get you, I get you. And then turn around to Corferon and Erebus and said, he's saying he's not a god to prove that he's a god. And then they just sort of blinked a lot and said, okay. And no, he's like, it's like, wow, look at how humble he is. Exactly. He doesn't think he's worthy of worship. There's like, dude. Okay. Yep, whatever. Fucking, I don't care. Um, yeah, so the, the word bearers were too concerned on proselytizing the worlds that they brought to compliance. Um... Uh -huh. And this kind of came to a head where a planet known as... Uh, is this Kalth? No, not yet. Um, the city is known as Monarchia. I can't remember if that was the city or the, or the planet. Um, anyways, Monarchia right. was a civilization... Okay, Monarchia was a planet. Was the city. Uh, it was known as the perfect city. They're not telling right. me the name of the planet. Thanks! Thanks, Lexicana. You're so fucking useful. <laughs> anyway, so Monarchia was this perfect city, this this civilization molded by Lorgar and the Wordbearers uh, to be, like, the perfect reverent city for the Emperor. Um, mm -hmm. And then Malkador kind of hitched a ride on with uh, Rubute Gilliman, Big Big Blue, uh, and uh, the, Word, the Ultramarines, along with the Emperor, technically, um, and... Right. He pretty much called the uh, word bearers to assemble before Monarchia, uh, uh -huh. in which case um, the emperor pretty much bitch slapped Lorgar, like in front of yes. all of his men, and then ordered and his, and his people, the and people, his people who held him yeah. in high regard, 
and then ordered Big Blue to nuke Monarchia from orbit. <laughs> so that happened, and Lorgar was like, hey, that's not really that cool. I don't like the fact that you did that. Um, yeah, so... And the Emperor was like, suck it, bitch. Pretty much, yeah. You didn't listen to me the first time, so I'm gonna have to fucking teach you a lesson. And then he nuked the city with the Ultramarine you know how incredibly ship. funny and fucked up way that is? It's like, imagine a giant six-foot-tall golden dude covered in scriptures comes to your house and spreads to you the good word of his god, who absolutely, bi- whose who's faith, whose faith in him bitch-slaps every other religion on your planet. Yes. So you all turn to him, and then you find out that not only is your god real, he hates your guts. <laughs> yes, because you worship him. Yes. For that brief moment before Monarchy was dust, God was real and he hated them. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a kind of sad realization. Yeah, right before you are turned to cosmic dust. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. So this set up a very uh, contentious relationship with the word bearers from this point going forward. Uh, uh-huh. So much so that it's going to come to bite them in the ass in a couple of years. Um, so the Horus Heresy happens. Um, mm-hmm. the Ultramarines were nowhere near Ispan 5. Right. Uh, during the Dropsite Massacre. They were on the other side of the world in their own little pocket empire called the Realm of Ultramar. I realized because I didn't mention this before. Um, Ultramar was five, a 500 planet kind of coalition ruled by, uh, Gilliman, by Robodick Gullibatch. Um, yes. as he was sort of the regent of the Realm of Ultramar. Right, um, which he got to keep, unlike Dorn and his empire. Yes, so Dorn turned his empire over to uh, the Emperor, uh, and when the Emperor came to Ultramar, the the Emperor basically said, "No, no, no, this is yours. You should you should rule this as you are." Uh, and so he did. He, he became the steward of Ultramar and ruled five a five hundred planet pocket empire within the Imperium of Man. Right. So that yes. makes yeah. So that's how you get. A sizable force over everyone else. Yeah, yeah, true. That's how you maintain your your already yeah, sizable again, number advantage. A lot of these, a lot of the other, a lot of the other chapters had single planets that they would recruit from specifically because this is my home planet. These are the people I trust. Right. Where they would a lot of the time where the recruits from Terra would be shunned because they're not from that planet. So that right there is my theory as to how Bobby's arm as to how Rabbi Goldman's army stayed so absolutely goddamn ridiculous yeah Rabbi Goldman yes um so the Horus heresy kicks off the uh ultramarines were assembled called to assemble uh Lorgar called um Rabbi Goldman and said hey buddy boy uh we need to we need to kind of team up to fight these orcs that are on the fringe of Ultramar uh, we need to do this together because I need your help. <clears throat> so Gilliman was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Uh, I'll assemble, you know, like a squad or two. And then Lorgar said, no, 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 no. You need to bring, like, your whole chapter, like the entirety of your chapter. Just bring them there. Uh, and then Gilliman said, yeah, all right, that sounds good. Um, so they assembled en masse on the planet of Kalf. Yes. Uh, that's C-A-L-T-H. T-H. I only mention that because sometimes I pronounce words wrong. That's um, okay. <clears throat> we all do. Yeah. That's part of 40... That's it's part of fake being a 40K space words. fan. Yeah, it's fake yes. space words. Um, yes. So, yeah. Um, so, Cal, uh, you know, everybody's having a good time. 
Everybody's kind of chilling. They're all vibing. And then the word bearers start shooting everybody. <laughs> and they say, surprise, and start murdering all the ultramarines. Um, so it's a fight that lasts quite a long time. Uh, the yes. orbital defense platforms were kind of turned on the ultramarines, uh, and uh -huh. their fleet was kind of being battered to shit. Um, right. And so there's an interesting character I want to mention here. Um, his name is Aedid Thiel. And he is responsible for sort of the way that the chapter changed after Kalth uh, right. throughout the Horus Heresy and kind of turned into what it is. Um, okay. So, Aiden and Theo was just a sergeant. He was just a line sergeant. He wasn't an officer by any means. Um, but he ran these, like, funny calculations where, like, hey, what if what if the other legions went to war with us? Like, what? wouldn't that be weird? Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, and so he was censured for thinking these thoughts, these her heretical thoughts of, like, uh, Astartes can't fight Astartes. That's not something that happens. And right. then, so he was put on censure. So he painted his helmet. He got his helmet painted red. I just punched oh. myself in the face. Uh, he, he painted his helmet red to show that uh, he's under censure, so he's under, like, official investigation, like a court-martial sort of thing. Um, right. And he was on Kalth that day. Yes. He, he was right. on the uh, the Pride of McCrag, the uh, flagship, of, or the McCrag's Honor, not the Pride of McCrag. McCrag's Honor, right. uh, the flagship of Gilliman himself. And um, and then Kalth happened, and then he was like, hey, remember those funny calculations I made? Yeah, I was completely right. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so Thiel was kind of then uh, revered as a... Uh, as the man with the plan sort of thing. Right, yeah. Um, because the Ultramarines were incapable of responding to the situation. And Thiel says it right off the bat. He says, uh, the word bearers are preying on us. Their only advantages are is the element of surprise and knowing exactly how we'll respond. Aiden Thiel realized that the, the dogmatic doctrine of the Ultramarines was way too rigid, and everybody else knew how the Ultramarines were going to respond. So, you mean to tell me that there was someone who was calling out the book before the space book was written? Yes. Aiden Thiel wow. said the book is a problem, and then everybody said, what book? And he said, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was basically critiquing what would eventually be the Codex Astartes. Right. Uh, but it's because of Aiden Thiel that the entirety of the Ultramarines Legion was not destroyed on Kalth. Right. Because he was able to kind of rethink situations, and... Uh -huh. Uh, basically outthink the um, the word bearers. Right. Uh, it's actually really funny during the Battle of Kalth as well because Gilliman was exposed to the vacuum of space without a helmet right. and then proceeded to float his way through space unassisted in back into the McCrag's honor to snap a dude's neck. It's really <laughs> fucking funny. Right. <laughs> I had heard of... I forgot that was... A, I forgot that was in the... I forgot that was in Kalth. Yeah, it was about a Kalth. He literally was like, he was on the McCrag Honor Bridge. It got blown yeah. up, and then they're like, oh no, our lord, he's dead. And then like 25 minutes later, we just see him like crawl his way back through an airlock. His face just all flustered and red from being exposed to the vacuum of space. And then he just starts beating fuckers up with his fists. <laughs> you know what? I kind of... I feel like it would be implied that even if Gilliman didn't write a Codex Astartes, he would have had a book before that. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, yeah, know, he was Boy actually... Boy Scouts gotta have their first edition manual. Yeah, yeah, he was actually writing the, uh, the drafts of the Codex Astartes by the time Imperium Secundus came around, which was a little uh, after this. Um, right. 
He wrote it in response to Kalth, technically. Right. Um, so, so, Kalth, the battle that they won because the guy said, because the dude got up and said, fuck this book, we need to think better. Yeah. Um, he wrote a book in response to somebody going, fuck, <laughs> fuck this, this book. Fuck. Yep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, after the Battle of Kalth, uh, Rawboat Gentleman went to the, uh, went to resecure the borders of Ultramar and to fight the Shadow Crusade, which was the world eaters and word bearers kind of teaming up to uh, delete the Ultramarines. Right. Uh, uh, after that, uh, the Battle of Kalth is actually what triggered the Ruin Storm, that thing created mm-hmm. by Erebus. Right. To separate Ultramar from the rest of the galaxy. We've talked about this a couple times. Um, yes. But yeah, so the Ultramar- the Ultramarines were kind of isolated, along with, conveniently enough, the Dark Angels and the Blood Angels. Uh, yes. And the three brothers, Lionel Johnson, uh, Sanguinius, and Rabute Gulliman, uh, Robo Gentleman, would be uh, would then create Imperium Secundus. Yes. Uh, which, like, everything is gone! Yeah. Sanguinius is now the Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that happened. Um, Gilman <laughs> didn't really find... So Gilman was, like, the chief architect and, like, the administrator of Imperium Secundus, whereas mm-hmm. Lionel Johnson was the war master and, Imp- and uh, Sanguinius was the emperor. So mm-hmm. he still was, like, being an administrator, which he was very good at, obviously. Right. Um, yeah, so that's what he was doing for the majority of the Horus Heresy. Uh, he was, right. He would then fist fight. Um, Conrad Kurz during Conrad Kurz's kind of terror campaign through Ultramar. We've talked about it. Yes. Go listen yes. to Conrad Kurz and or Lionel Johnson. Can't remember. Well, Conrad Kurz specifically because that's the one where he mentioned how Gilliman's mom is alive and yeah. how and she, like, she yelled at Conrad, yeah. dis- which distracted him for long enough for, for Gilliman, Vulcan to for come. Vulcan, for Vulcan to come just barreling him. through. Just you! Yep. Just football tackle him out of a palace window. Yep, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> yes, so, yes, they went, I'm just trying to reorganize, they, they tried, um, Kurz, Gilliman, um, <clears throat> Gilliman was part of the trial of Conrad Kurz, of the trial of the triumphant, um, yes. and then after which they determined that the Emperor was alive, and that they needed to make all haste to Terra, to save yes. the Emperor from the siege, which yes. was already underway. Yes. Um, yeah. So they all kind of break off from Ultramar. The lion, the Dark Angels, and the uh, Ultramarines kind of stall out the demons of the Ruin Storm to uh-huh. allow Sanguinius and the Blood Angels to make it through the blockade into yes. Terra, and they do so. Uh, he right. then kind of falls in line after this, along with the Dark Angels. They kind of come to rescue Terra. Uh, as a relief force, once the siege breaks, they chase the um, <clears throat> they chase the traitor legions back into the Eye of Terror. Um, but before this could happen, uh, and sometime after all of this, he writes the Codex Astartes. Obviously, uh, the space book saves. Um, they pelt the Perturabo and the Iron Warriors with the space book until they leave Rogaldorn yes. alone. The Great Scouring is basically just all of them throwing Gulliman's space book, piles of the space book at them until they run away. Exactly, yeah. Um, however, so all the legions were reorganized into yes. chapters. Yes, this which was, was a dumb move. Which was a dumb move. We've talked about why 
uh, it essentially thins out an already thinned defense force. I don't um, think we ever had the formal conversation as to why the space book is bad. Okay, we should probably do that then. <clears throat> yes. So the Codex Astartes, Gilliman's uh -huh. fucking magnum opus, is not good. Yes. Uh, it decrees that all legions of, of space marines need to be separated into units of a thousand men. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. Yes. Because it takes the already weakened defense forces of the planet Earth and humanity and thins it out even more. And due to the nature of the the, in, the independent nature of the space marines in their various legions, it will make forming a greater cohesive army even more difficult. Almost impossible, some might say. Yes. Because of the sheer diversity in the philosophies of various successor chapters, of which the Ultramarines have like two bajillion. Yeah, they have like fucking like 48 successor chapters. That's basically a bajillion. Yeah. <laughs> but, and furthermore, aside from weakening that, aside from all of that other stuff, he chose to implement it right after the Horus Heresy happened. Yeah, Which when they were really, already thinned. Yes, but the reason I bring that up is because that trick will really only work on the the reason it was set up is to stop people from having too much power. But as we have proven, as I guess they, as the various Chaos Legions have proven, the Primarchs who fell were already susceptible to falling to Chaos before. Yes. So, it stands to reason that fracturing the armies now would make even less sense because the people who are here are here because they are able to resist the laughter of thirsting gods. Yes, exactly. Whereas, if they were to fracture, that would leave them individual and vulnerable compared to a singular cohesive army. Thus yes. foiling its own point. Yes. It's a self-redundant piece of shit. That causes yes. more harm than good. Yes. Um, and that is why the space book is bad. That's why the space book's bad. <laughs> uh, and it's a problem. If you're not coherent to the space book, then people fucking hate you. Yeah, and like, you disappear. Like Captain Titus. Yes. Who disappeared and, for an uh, entire decade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so Captain was... Titus was the protagonist from Space Marine 1. Uh, yes. The Games Workshop relic, over the shoulder, um, kind of RPG on the rails shooter. story shooter game. Yeah. Very fun game, but yes. Captain Titus was criticized for his use of warp technology and, and not wearing a helmet. And his yeah, by Leandros and his uh, inadherence to the Codex Astartes, uh, so much so that Leandros, the little shit-eating sidekick in the game. Um, reported him to the Inquisition, reported a yes. superior to the Inquisition, which he was taken away uh, and not seen from again for a th for ten whole years in real life, when <laughs> in Space Marine 2, he's back and better than ever, and apparently served out a stint in the Inquisition, crossed the Rubicon Primaris, became a Primaris Marine, and is back to cut up Tyranids. Yes. Somehow, and where is Leandros during all this? Probably dead. Hopefully, Hopefully dead. dead. Yes. I guess we'll dead. find out when the game comes out in fucking 12 more years. <laughs> we will find out Leandros turned to chaos. Maybe. That'd be really funny. That would be really funny if we call it here 
And then whenever the yes. game comes out, it's like, oh my god, Leon draws turned to chaos. Yeah, because we have and a... Then, I don't know mm -hmm. if, if people who listen to this show uh, have realized, uh, we have a prophetic gift here. Or um, at least a very good track record. Very good track record. We talked about Jagged Icon, then, oh, you know, new Jagged Icon model, new Jagged Icon book, new White Scars material. Uh, yeah. It's happened with other shit, too. I just can't remember yeah. off the top of my head. It happened with the Orcs. It happened orcs. with the Krieg. Krieg. It happened with the Tau. The Tau, yeah. <laughs> we joked about the Tau getting more shit, and they did. Yep, yep, yep. So maybe we're right about this one, too. I don't yes. know. Who maybe knows? Maybe put money on it. I don't know. We'll see. If you do put money on it, I want a 25% cut, but we'll get to that. Just donate 25% of it to the podcast. There you go. Yes. Um, but yeah, so post-heresy... Um, after the, uh, the events of the Horus Heresy, um, obviously everybody was depleted. Gilliman assumed it's... the title of Lord Commander of the Imperium. Uh-huh. Uh, as Rogel Dorn was gone, and Jagged Icon was gone. Gone. <laughs> um. And Vulcan was here, gone, kind gone, of. sort of. No, Vulcan was here. Vulcan was here until the War of the Beast, and then Vulcan was yeah. gone. But after that, Gilliman was gone, too. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, so... He assumed Lord Commander, the title of Lord Commander of the Imperium for, uh -huh. like, maybe six minutes. Uh, he fought over the moons of a planet called Thessala. Gilliman, row, row, row your boat, girly boy, um, faced down his wayward brother of Fulgrim. Uh-huh. The Emperor's children uh, fought the... They were trying to kind of take these worlds for themselves... And uh -huh. the Ultramarines, the Nova Marines, um, the Blue Boys, the Smurfs, the Smurfs, and the um, yeah, and the Electric Blue Carpet, um, yeah. they all fought together um, because you know they had to break up in the fucking chapters. They all yeah. fought uh, the Emperor's children, uh, and during this battle. Um, Gilliman was cut across the throat with a demon blade. Yes, apparently he what according to Lexicanum, apparently he was stabbed in the neck, and I'm just like, how? Yeah, so I just it's in the preamble, the first chapter or so of Dark Imperium, um, and it was basically uh, a big fight where Gilliman was trying to bait out Fulgrim on his pride uh -huh. and ship, right, and. Gilliman, who at this time had the sword of the Emperor, according to Dark Imperium, which doesn't make sense to me, and I think that was an incorrect retcon, but uh. for some reason, GW said that Gilliman had the sword of the Emperor before he went into stasis, which I which don't feel weird. like was true. Wasn't the whole point... Wasn't there supposed to be a whole dramatic moment when of he him got the sword from yeah. the Emperor? Yes. Once meeting with him on Terra. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened, but now they're saying 10,000 years before that happened, he also had the sword of the Emperor? So what, did he just give it back? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, Dad, I need to borrow your sword for a minute. He finishes the fight, and then he. he he fights Fulgrim, gets knocked the fuck out while they take him away in stasis. Someone else has to take the Emperor's yeah. sword, which yeah, is about the size of a literal fucking surfboard, and has to carry that shit, which is also on fire, all the way back to his <laughs> throne and put it on his chair. Yeah, so no, your, it your, make... your eminence here, I sharpened and polished it for you. 
it doesn't make sense because I feel like that's wrong. But Thanks, I guess that's that's harping on little points. Like I don't think that's a little point. I think it kind of changes the meaning of a lot of things. But whatever. It does. Yes. Thanks, GW. Thanks for that. Yeah. So Robert Guile's theme uh, was put into stasis after being stabbed in the neck with uh, Fulgrim's demon blade, uh, and for ten thousand years he sat basically on a on an easy on a lazy boy. For ten thousand years he was just sort of chilling in stasis. Uh, yes. And then some weird bullshit happens between Belisarius Call, who's a tech priest, uh, Yervain, the We need Eldar, to talk about this. This the is a weird big Eldar deal. death cult. Yeah, this is a we. We should at least talk about how Belisarius Call. Belisarius Call made better space marines. Yeah. Marginally yeah, so better space marines. Before Gilman went into stasis. <laughs> um, the pain in your voice. <laughs> Before Gilliman went into stasis, he had a conversation with an up-and-coming tech priest in the Mechanicum called Belisarius Call. Yes. Um, so, pre preemptively, he asked him to bring him back should he become entombed in stasis, which is a weird thing to say to somebody. <laughs> He's like, hello, new intern guy. Hello. Um, if I die, can you bring me back? Sweet. Yes. Uh... Can you make sure that I have a six set of armor? Bitchy. Okay, cool. Good talk. I'm definitely going to come back. That's just a contingency. I'm definitely going to go out, and I'm definitely going to come back. See you in a couple hours, little buddy. Yep, and then 10,000 years later, he woke up. Um, but, yeah. I have a question. Was yeah. Belisarius called the giant centipede nightmare monster that <laughs> we know today by the point? Um, by no. No. So he stages. actually shows up in the Horus Heresy. Belisarius' oh. call is in the Horus Heresy. And it's a huh. weird, like, call forward, because I don't think Belisarius Call was a character yet in modern 40k, at the point where this Horus Heresy book was written, but he was literally just, like, a weird, like, low-ranked tech priest on, like, a weird, like, Mechanicum outpost in the middle of space somewhere. <laughs> so, so, yeah. He, so, he was he's a, not Belisarius like, Call, he's just intern. Yeah, he was just a weird, like, weird... He wasn't, like, the weird crippled creature that we know today. Um, yes. The weird, like, schizophrenic, slightly um, insane man that he is now. Okay. Uh, I think he was just, like, a weird, like, tech priest then. Yes. But, yeah, he's in modern 40k, too. Um, right. So, so Belisarius Call worked with Yvrain, which means we finally do have to talk about elves. At no, least we don't. a little bit. No, Yvrain were an Eldar death cult. That's it. Fine. We are going to have to make an Elder episode eventually. I don't want to. I'll, I'll lead it. I know we have it. to, but I don't want him. <laughs> so, I the mean, other they, thing... They just got new models. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the Elder just got new models, everybody, if you're listening to this currently. Uh, the Elder yeah. just released the first new box set. Uh, they released Guardians... Since Clinton. Guardians and Rangers. And a... Uh, whatever the Lords are called. Like, like the uh, Commander Units. Um, right. For the first time in like 27 years, the the Eldar have new models, so that's fun. Yeah. Um, the other thing that reboot that um, Red Bull Gasoline asked Belisarius <laughs> Call to do before he went into stasis was to create the next generation of Space Marines. Right. These and are... like most next generations, they're kind of mediocre, slight improvements over the first ones. They're just so proving... taller. Yeah, proving that in the grim dark, the grim dark future of the fortieth millennium, forty first millennium, there is not only war, there is also EA. Yeah, the, the fucking loot box came out for the, the. No, 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 no. They made FIFA. It's like 
Yeah. It's like how they keep making new, like how they keep making new two Ks, and it's just yeah. the same two K with graphical upcharge. Yeah. It's it's that. It's that. That's what Primaris Marines are. They're literally like seven inches taller, and they have an extra organ. That's, that's it. Pretty much it. They react a little faster too. That's that took several thousand years to do. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, but those are the Primaris Marines, in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about them more later in another yes. episode, maybe. Well, that, they, we would kind of talk about them a little bit, because the Primaris Marines are a very ultramarine thing. They are, literally, like, um, Seth, Gabriel Seth, the chapter master of the Flesh Terrors, did not like the, the Primaris Marines, because he thought they were just different colored ultramarines. Well, they, he, are. <laughs> they are. They are. Technically, like literally speaking, the models are literally just different colored ultramarines. But yes. in lore, like they kind of are also sort yes. of just ultramarines. Yes. Um. But yeah. Um. So for ten thousand years, he was interned in stasis. Uh, right. And he woke up with the help of some elf magic and some Belisarius call. I don't know. Bullshit. Whatever he did. Yes. He did something, I guess. Who at this point is a horrifying centipede monster. Yeah, like, he just says, Behold, my lord! Yeah. And Robox Grillman was like, Why? Yeah. I'm old! Just let me die! Let me die! Let me die in peace! <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so Roblox Grillman kind of got up after this and went to Terra, fought Magnus on the way, um, uh -huh. apparently he had the Sword of the Emperor the whole time, but now he has the Sword of the Emperor for sure. Whatever. Uh -huh. Um, yes. and then he kind of reorganized to fight, uh, an encroaching Black Crusade. Right. The 14th Black Crusade. 13th. Oh, it's still the 13th? It's still the 13th. Technically, we're still in 13. Like, today. Uh. Like, Vigilus Fallen was all 13th. Huh. 13th started with Cadia Falling. Oh, huh. So yeah, in case you're not unaware, uh, Abaddon the Spoiler, who is now in charge of all the Traitor Legions, farmed the Black Legion, uh, and has launched, up to this date, 13 Black Crusades out of the Eye of Terror into the Imperium and uh, extraneous space um, to achieve specific goals. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you use that metric, most of them were successes. Uh, yes. If you're like everybody else, though, they were all failures. Um... Yeah, so the Black Crusades, the thirteenth of the Black, the thirteenth Black Crusade started with uh, Abaddon the Spoiler dropping a Blackstone Fortress, which is the size of about a small planet, uh, uh, onto, onto a slightly bigger planet. Onto a slightly bigger planet by the name of Cadia, which was like a kind of bastion world against the yes. um, the Eye of Terror. And most of the population are all uh, Imperial Guard. Cadia um, stands, blah Cadia, blah blah. You know, the guard, the planet broke before the guard did. <laughs> Yeah, we've said that joke a bunch of times already. Yeah, fuck it. stands! Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, they're like weird, purple-eyed, militaristic weirdos, but it's all yes. cool. Um, yeah, so after this, um, the uh, Robert, Roberto Guillermo. Roberto Guillermo. That's the one. Um, yes. Kind of waged the civil war within the Imperium. Where he tried to oust, well, technically it's the other way around, the Adeptus Ministorum, the priesthood and whatnot, the, the papacy, if you will, of the 40k uh, world, uh, right. tried to oust Gilliman because they're like, ah, shit, 
he knows the truth. He knows this is all a bunch of bullshit. And <laughs> Gilliman said, go fuck yourself. And they kind of fought each other for a bit. Um, to no real, uh, no real gain. I don't really yeah. know the, the end bit of that, that whole scheme, but... Well, the end bit of it is the Gilliman becomes the new regent of the... Of yes, the, so he becomes right. Lord Commander again. Yes. He takes over, he declares himself Imperial Regent, he defends Earth against the forces of Khorne in the uh-huh. Second Battle of Terra. Yeah, because they invaded. Yes. Uh, also, and then he is currently at war with Martarian, as yes. Martarian has unleashed a plague upon the realms of Ultramar. Yes. I would like to call it out, I'd like to thank TTS for predicting Ultra Depression. Oh yes, of course. Ultra Depression. We can finally talk about Ultra Depression. Yes, of course. See, Bobby G was around from more or less the beginning, was around for all of it, you know? The Great Crusade, the, he participate. his legion was the one who glassed Monarchia. Yes. He was present for the Emperor giving Lorgard his grand speech about, I am not a god, stop worshipping me, your stupid fucking Lactato Divinitatis fanfiction is nonsense, get rid of it, I'm going to burn your planet down. Yep. And then he was knocked out, and fast-forwarded a couple thousand years or so, and he wakes up and he finds out that people are now preaching out of Lorgar's book. Ain't that, ain't that ironic? Yep. So people are like, so everyone else, including the High Lords of Terror in the beginning, are like, oh, oh, good emperor, one of your sons has returned to show us your way, and he was like, God damn it, you missed the point. We used to God, beat, we used to beat people up for saying things like that. <laughs> yep. Just like why? Just constantly, whenever he's done being Lord Imperial Regent Rabute Gilliman, he goes and he sits and he holds his head in his hands and it's just like I have failed you. Yeah. Ultra Literally, depression. that is a conversation that he has. Yes. Which is like if Lord God, this was why the whole reason we fought is because Horus thought you were going to become a god if they could only see the world now. Yeah. Also, before we start talking about the various important Ultramarines, we have one more thing to talk about Bobby G. Okay. Bobby G's elf girlfriend! Oh my god, I thought we were done with this. Oh, we're not. I have... Uh... I I ran out of jokes. I had... That was my joke. Rebute Gilliman... It's not actually in a relationship with Yvrain, the weird Eldar centrist. <laughs> but he has spoken much more kindly to her than literally any other Imperial member ever. He spoke to her with respect and decency, which is a lot nicer than the average Space Marine speaks to any other elf, except maybe that one, that one Blood Raven who's friends with that one elf, what, Macha. Farseer Macha. Yeah. And people, we know the jokes that people make about, the people used to make about, um... Them having a sexual... Angelos and Macha, yeah. Yeah. Where they would just go and talk in private for several hours and no one yeah. would hear from them. Yeah. But Macha would always come out tired from psychic nonsense, she said. <laughs> Alright. Yes. That's, that's more than I want to devote to this subject. <laughs> Please email us your various Gulliman X Uvrain fanfictions at thebattlebrothercast at gmail.com. Alright, you do that. I will just forward them to somebody else. <laughs> Important ultramarine folk people. Yeah, sure. 
Um, so... Oh my god, we didn't even go through all the names. I know. No, there's still much more to talk about. Don't worry. So, okay. Bo Bobby Hillman has engaged uh, Dirt Mortarian in this most recent kind of offshoot of 40k called uh, The Plague Wars, in which Mortarian is kind of wreaking havoc through Ultramar uh, in preparation for a big thing with Nurgle uh, that may or may not be happening. Um, but uh, Mortarian and uh, Rutherford Gilliman have repeatedly come to blows and there's like one Primarch fight in every book so far and I think there's four books of the Plague War uh, series. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty good. Um, yeah, so he has his father's sword in full on in the model itself. Um, <clears throat> Root Boot Guilty Can has a modern model uh -huh. uh, and in the model he has the um, the sword of the Emperor in his hand. Right. Um, and he looks kind of cool, I guess. If you like that. If you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. If you, if you like blue. Yes. Um, yeah, so... He became Wait. Lord Commander of the Imperium. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit about um, the structure of the Ultramarines. Okay. Um, because while uh, Robert Gillyshoot um, has the uh, kind of the overall say over all Ultramarines chapters, because he's their Primarch, which nobody uh -huh. else has at this point... Um, <laughs> Uh, technically, Marnius Calgar is the chapter master of the Ultramarines and has kind of official say over what they do. Right. And it's kind of weird, like, the contention that's there, because, yes, Marnius Calgar is loyal to Gilliman um, to reboot Gigabyte, but mm -hmm. technically speaking, he has the official capacity as chapter master, according to the book. Mm -hmm. Which is very important. Yes. Oh, fuck me. You, you need to talk about your old ventures now. Oh, I do. Give me a moment. Uriel Ventress. Also, apparently Uriel Ventress has a model. Yes, he does. Yes. Honestly, good for him. His haircut may be whack. It, it, and his, his story is kind of whack. May be fucked. But he does have a model. Why does he have a model? Because of uh, the Demunculaba. We already spoke about that in the Iron, what that is in the Iron Warriors episode, but now we get to talk about Captain Ventress's actions on Medrengard. So, Captain Ventress was given. So, Captain Ventress um, did the thing that the book did not like. Yes. And so, he was given a death oath by Calgar himself. And he and his faithful companion, Sergeant Lysane, were to seek out a place of dark iron, which is a place that Cal which was a place that pa Calgar was having visions about, where twisted reflections of the space marines were being horribly wrought. Now they referenced the book's section on weird visions and <laughs> figured that the place that it was directing them to was somewhere in the Eye of Terror. Shocking. So they started going in that direction. Way to go, book. Were... Really nailed yes. that time. You just yes. narrowed down maybe a third of space. All right. <laughs> exactly. Which would have been much more useful because they probably would have just gone around the entire galaxy. Yeah. If they weren't kidnapped by demons and imprisoned within a demon engine, which apparently looked like a giant train. Interesting. Yes. Um, so they went to Met. So after much traveling, they ended up on the Iron Warriors' planet of Medrengard. And so, while they were there, they met a band of renegade space marines, who are space marines that 
aren't really affiliated with their chapters anymore, but haven't turned to chaos, so they're like uh, Ronin Space Marines. Yeah. And um, two some Imperial of them. Guardsmen. Some of, them have, some of them have turned to chaos, but yeah. not all of them. These ones didn't. And um, two surviving Imperial Guardsmen, who were captured by the, Imperi- by the Iron Warriors from the Imperial Fists. So they became a band of guerrillas who did guerrilla tactic things, which is covered in chapter 27-4, subsection Delta of the book. <laughs> the book. Yes, I'm going to keep making jokes about the book to distract from the horribleness that's going on. That is very good. <laughs> okay, so after much use of the book and its various t- implementations of guerrilla warfare, they were captured by Warsmith Hansu, and after insulting him and calling him a little bitch, um, Ventress was um, vo- reverse was v- was vored into a demunculaba. To those of you who don't know what that means, um, good for you. Good for those you. Of you do yeah. stay that way. Good. Um, we know what the demunculaba is. The demunculaba is a horrible birthing womb made from a human woman who is still alive and sentient and is fed to horrible bloating size, and um, is used as a birth as used as a transfer biomechanical birthing tube pod thing, which apparently is inspired by the thing the axolotl tanks from Dune. Really? If you want to get ups- apparently it's similar. It's similar enough where people who know notice. That's dramatizing. Yes, so, the, um, he was implanted into one, but the Demunculaba wasn't like a single entity, it was apparently like a rows and rows of pods made of people. Moving on, um, the Imperial, so, the Iron Warriors were using the Demunculabas to implant stolen Imperial Fist Gene Seed that they, to create Iron Warriors because they couldn't really recruit recruit from people and so they took the various people from in and around Medrangard or from the world of Hydrocordatus or just wherever they could find people particularly children and um, turned them into space marines so those new space marines were born without skin because you know they're born from horrible nightmare tubes and you know you, if you're gonna be gross be all the way and um Naturally, Uriel Ventress was not enjoy did not enjoy any of this that happened. So he was vo- so he punched his way out of the pod and fell through a river of gore. And I mean that in a very literal. There was like a river made of d- discarded chunks and placental juice and other bile and f- human wastage. And eventually, Uriel Ventress met the unfleshed, which were failed experiments, were basically like big humans with the brains of children because that's what they were. And these big skinless baby men people worshiped the emperor. And so they had a giant effigy of the emperor who Uriel Ventress and his band of renegade space marines were thrown to and the eyes of the giant statue light lit up and they were like, Inka Dinka Doo likes you, we will fight with you now. And so they escaped and then Ventress was like, I have to go back, I can't go anywhere else. And then the other space, then the other space marines who were with them were like, "Nah, fuck you, we're leaving." And the two understandably guard, so. Yes, but the two guards who were normal human dudes, who were also put inside Demunculabas, went back with him, because in case you didn't realize, the guard are the real heroes of the 40k. Yeah. Guard are 
pound for pound mentally sh- more resilient than your average space marine. Yeah. So, stuff happened, the unfleshed killed things, and eventually Uriel Ventress and Pisanius, and Pisanius Lysane fought fought the demonkey, destroyed the demonkey lavas, and um, eventually Uriel Ventress was teleported to a different planet named Salinas, and um, blah 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 blah. There was a governor, the planetary governor that he fought. There, the Grey Knights showed up at some point. Good. And uh, the Grey Knights, this is after they leave Medrangard, so the Grey Knights showed up and were just like, we need to make sure you haven't fallen to chaos, and apparently Uriel Ventress was tested and found that he was good, and so he came back after much more nonsense, the wiki page is very, very long, blah, 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 after a bunch of stuff, including dealing with the Grey Knights, killing the Unfleshed, and um, dealing with the vengeful psyker and exa- and killing the corrupt governor, eventually the Grey Knights did something completely uncharacteristic to Grey Knightdom, and just let the Ultramarines go back to the crag. Which is and something so they that's did. never happened, and has never and, happened since. Yep, because they heard about the Demunculava and decided, you know what? It would be better for him if we killed him. Yeah. We're going to keep you alive so you can remember this moment forever. Yeah. And so it was. And so was Uriel Ventress. He did a bunch of other stuff. He fought the invasion of Ultramar. because He fought Hansu when he came back to invade Ultramar. Uh, that happened. Uh, so there's stuff that happened during the Black Crusade. He was there when Gulliman woke up. Yep. Uh, he also became a Primaris Marine. Yep. He's very accomplished, but he has to live with the fact that the thing that made him initially famous was the Demunculaba. So even in lore, people know him as the Demunculaba guy. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. So that's not just me making jokes. In lore, he's known as the Ultramarine who went to Medrangar and lived. Because Hansu followed him from Medrangar. And that was when he made, that was when he led the Iron Warriors attack on McCrag. Yeah. Specifically because he hated him. Yes. He went to the Iron Warriors Chaos homeworld of Nightmare Cleveland, Detroit, of basically was effectively Chicago mixed with hell. Yeah. And left to talk about it, survived being tried by the Grey Knights, and then helped repel Hansu when Hansu fought, came to, came back for his revenge. Hansu, who is essentially the Iron Warrior right now, he's basically yes. in charge of most of the Iron Warrior Legion. Yes. So that's Uriel Ventress. Yeah. The Demunculaba guy. The Demunculaba guy. Well, yes. that's a shame. Yes. Ultra depression creeps further in. Yes. Um, yeah, so another also notable member of the Ultramarine Legion is uh, Vero. Vero Tigoris. Uh, who is, he's basically, he's not nothing, not not a whole lot, but uh, he's essentially the most powerful Psyker in the entire Imperium. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> he can do pretty much whatever he wants. Uh, right, he, yes, he wants to beat... He wants to beat all of the seven 
They're called the Seven Sorcerers of, like, Harka or something. They're, like, really prominent, uh, Zinchian sorcerers. And he uh -huh. defeated all seven of them at the same time. <laughs> he pretty much just did, like, a Thunder Wave spell and killed all of them. At ninth level, of at course. Ninth, he, did a, he pulled a ninth level Thunder Wave spell, like, out of yes. his ass. Yes. That's yeah. just so ridiculous. Yeah, he's like the he's like he's the chief librarian currently of the Ultramarines Legion or of the Ultramarines chapter, and he is like the greatest psyker like in the Imperium, uh, besides like maybe Mephiston, who is the Lord of Death of the Blood Angels Legion of right. the Blood Angels chapter. Uh, fuck, I always do that. It's so Sorry. stupid. I they all so sound much. the same. They all sound the same. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's pretty cool. Um. Right. Other notable members are Aiden and Thiel, who I mentioned before. Uh, he later became the captain of the second company uh, after okay. the whole Censure thing on Kalf. Uh, most of the most of the command structure of the Ultramarines Legion died, so right. he was like one of the few ones that were left, uh, worth of worth of promoting. Right. Uh, another uh, kind of important character is Cato Sicarius. Um, you do this one. It is I, Cato Sicarius, captain of the Second Ultramarines Company. Cato Sicarius was the captain of the Second Ultramarines Company. Also, he is known as the most annoying headass in the entire 40k universe. Uh, by a large margin. <laughs> by a large Lucius. margin. Yeah, beating Lucius. He's more annoying than Lucius. Cato uh, Sicarius was one of the few members of the Ultramarines, of the Space Marines in general, who was allowed to keep, like, remnants of his own life like he was a, a son of nobility uh and he maintained nobility after becoming an ultramarine something that you're not allowed to do as a space marine unless um, you are either an ultramarine or a salamander or a gray knight i think yeah that's pretty much it they're the yeah. he was he's the only one i know of uh who is give who is continued to hold rank um right. Yeah. Um, he has a sword and is he a is, dick. So, he is a swords master. He is uh -huh. considered one of the greatest swordsmen in the Imperium. And mm -hmm. he likes reminding people about that. Constantly. Uh, he is the commander of the Vitrix Guard as well, which are like the personal bodyguard of the of the Primarch. Uh, uh -huh. He is uh, an asshole. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, he's done some shit. Sure. Do we care? No. In time, Kato Sicarius' very name became a byword for Imperial victory. A legend that came to the ears of allies and foes alike far beyond the borders of Ultramar. Does that mean that every time someone wins, they call it doing a Sicarius? Yeah. That's horrifying. It is I, Kato Sicarius. Uh, he has a model. It's from 5th edition, which came out in like... Uh, like, 2002? 2003? My god, Ultramarine that doesn't have current models? What is this? It, the model looks disgusting. He had a 4th edition model too, but that looks even <laughs> weirder. Um, yeah, he's not cool. He thinks he's cool. I fucking hate him. I feel like... People who unironically enjoy Catosicarius, please yell at us. Yeah, please. Prove to me, to anyone... Why this is good. He's basically just a... Like, we joke... We joked about a Greco-Roman man. 
being the pro the primarch of what is effectively blue centurions. Yes. But this is the most notable form of like, yes, hello, I am from Rome. We our symbol is the Omega. I have a big sideways centurion helmet and a sword. I am super-duper Roman. Yep. In a moment, I'm going to uh, in, eat a fine leg of lamb at the Colosseum. I don't know why. I can't think of any other Roman <laughs> things to do that aren't jokes about pedophilia. Yeah, or like, I'm going to buy this man and then sell him to another man for a profit. <laughs> exactly. I'm just literally scrolling through his... I'm just literally scrolling through the results of typing Catosacarius into Google, and one of the first couple of results were... It is I, Cato Sicarius, the greatest of the Elsimarines, who requires that I, who requires that Marvel produce a comic of I, Cato Sicarius, for I, Cato Sicarius, are the most noble of all space marines. Oh yeah, in case you guys didn't know, um, Marnius Calgar, the current chapter master, had a Marvel comic book that came out recently. Red. That uh, people hated? People fucking despised it. I do not know why. it was sort of written without, like, people who know what 40k is, like, writing it. Um, and, like, they heavily well insinuated that, um, that, uh, Marnie's Kalgar respected the fact that the Chaos Gods existed, and, like, that's not something you talk about, like, as a space marine. Right. You don't recognize the fact that corn is a thing. Like, I remember people being very, I didn't read it, because I didn't want to, um, but I remember people being very angry about it. Ah, uh, question. Wouldn't that be a thing that he knows anyway, being the chapter master of a th of this of the ultimate? You would hope, but you never know. It's like yes, the chaos gods. Wouldn't that make from like a logical standpoint? Yes, my enemies have a thing that they pray to. Fuck mm -hmm. that thing. Yes, but the emperor didn't tell any of his primarch sons. Ah, uh, so naturally, Marnius Calgar wouldn't know that because, as I'm sure you know. What the, the emperor not telling people means that it will never be found out by anyone. Never, ever, 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 ever. Yes, and it will never bite anyone in the ass. Ter terribly so. Never. Never so. Yes. Never. Yes. Um, yes. So that is pretty much the life of um, Rob Geber, Geber, Gerber Baby. Yes. Um, we can't talk about the Ultramarines without talking about Do we talk about Captain Titus already? We did, yes. Uh, and the Space Marine 2! Space Marine 2, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Very exciting. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. The trailer looked amazing. Yes. Um, there is literally no other anything that GW has made that will ever come close to the hype that will be generated from Space Marine 2. But before we sign off, we have to do, we have to read off some honorable mentions. Good, yes. <clears throat> Bobbert, not Matt Wardman. Bitchface, Elf Fucker Man, Robert, and Roberto Goldman. Yes, don't forget Pause for that, applause. that blue fucking nerd. Yes. Billy Bob Platoroman. Plot Armorman. Billy Bob Plot Armorman. Billy Bob Plot Armorman. Ron John Go Hang Ten. <laughs> Rim Job Goat Trail Roadman. Roman <laughs> Roman Go Gillian. Robert, Robert Gulliman. Robert Gullible, uh, yes, and then it's just Rob. Yes. Proving once and for all, we have done all of the names, we have done what no other 40k podcast has ever done, and we have at least tried to use different names for each reference 
of Rabute Gilliman because his name is fucking stupid. He has Bute in his first name. Yes, his name is Big Dumb, and we all have to admit that. Yes, and now, a quote. <clears throat> I'm just gonna... Lorgar of Colchis. There it is, something generic and bland. The wonder bread of dramatic voices. <laughs> something very white. <laughs> yes, Lorgar of Colchis. You may consider the following. One, I entirely withdraw my previous offer of solemn ceasefire. It is cancelled and will not be made again to you or any of any other of your motherless bastards. Two, you are no longer any brother of mine. I will find you, I will kill you, and I will hurl your toxic corpse into hell's mouth. And then Lord Gar was like, joke's on you, I'm into that shit. Yep, and that's how the Battle of Kelp went. Yes. Lord Gar did indeed find out that he was actually, most definitely, not <laughs> into that shit, yeah. Yep. So that is the Ultramarines and yep. Robo Gilly Boy. Yes. So, we sat down, we made a list of names, we used all of them. Yeah, we did. We used every single one of those fucking names. Victory. Victory indeed. Next next one is the Death Guard, number fourteen. Yay, Mortarian Stank Dick Morty and his unwashed <laughs> gremlins. That was with the boys. So, come back next time as we delve into the fucking putrid mess that is the Death Guard's lore. And with that, we will leave you. Ave Imperator. Ave Imperator.